Week one of college football is in the books. How did our college football teams from the South do in week one? What are my thoughts about the expansion for the playoff? Is Stetson Bennett still the answer for UGA? And which SEC team had the most impressive win in week one? All this and more on this week's episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This almost What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sorman at Jake's Take Podcast, at JakeSilb14. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sport Network, at Variety underscore Sport underscore, your home for all necessary variety of sports, ranging from NHL to, you guessed it, college football. Finally, 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 Week one is in the books, and I'm so excited. I swear it felt like it's just been forever, but it was so good to see some of our favorite college teams from the South play. Now, obviously, with this week, we had a lot of excitement, and it's really great to know that we had so many people who were excited and who had missed college football. So how did our teams do? You know, what was super exciting about it? Well, in the SEC, they did really well. They only lost one game. Now, however, that game was a very interesting one. It was in the last few seconds between FSU and LSU, and it came down to a missed extra point that was blocked. Now, obviously, I know that someone will say, isn't that kind of like what happened to the Saints that one time against the Jags? Yes, but also no. So with this game, LSU had muffed the punt twice. And then in a weird turn of events, FSU tried to do a pitch on the goal line. The ball was fumbled, and then LSU went 99 yards to score what was going to be the game-tying touchdown if they got the extra point. It was crazy. It was remarkable. It was insane. You think of all the words to describe it, but the best way to put it was that it was a dumpster fire for LSU and Brian Kelly. Aside from that, the rest of the teams did great. You know, the SEC had a dominant week. Now, I understand some people are going to say, well, you know, it's the first week. We understand that, but you know how hard it is as a conference to go undefeated or to have you know, just one game that you lost, that's still very impressive. That's why the SEC is held to such a high standard compared to the other teams in the South. So I think with this, it was a great display for our teams. But in regards to our teams, that brings us to our next point of the expansion for the college football playoff. Now, with this, I don't know really what to think in regards to the 12-team playoff situation when it comes to the college football playoff. Now, obviously, I know that I am an Alabama fan. I'm from Alabama, and I graduated from Alabama. So I know that if I bring that up, people will say, well, yeah, you know, you think that the playoff is fine right now because Alabama is going to consistently be in it. That's what I'm not trying to think of. What I'm thinking in regards to this situation is that you are going to have 12 teams. And then you are also going to have people who are exhausted. You're trying to try something new. I understand you want more teams to have an opportunity. I understand that. I respect that. But 
you have to take the players into the consideration in this regard. I really think that with this, it's a, a interesting idea because I look at this and think if you were to play at least three, four additional games, what would it mean for the teams or what would it mean for the players? Now, one of the things that obviously needs to be discussed is that right now you're going from four to 12. It wasn't anything where it was, you know, let's consider looking at it as we go to four to eight or four to six. You jump from four to 12. And really, it's just a different mindset. I want to look at this as a point of view for the players, the coaches, because another thing too is that so many coaches are going to be taking jobs and a lot of them do double duty. Kirby Smart did it when he was at Alabama in 2015 and so many coaches have done it before. So I think with this, maybe it's something that should be revisited. Do I look at this as a way for people to say, well, this is another way where we get more diversity. Absolutely, I can understand that. However, I also think of this as what would the team think? Because you are getting home games, you are getting buys, that's great. But player safety, player health is very important. You think about Alabama, they lost their top two wide receivers after an injury in the postseason. And does that mean that the games are going to be starting later? Does that mean the games are going to be starting earlier? Does this mean that the players are going to have to take bye weeks? Does this mean that, you know, players are just going to be lost for injuries earlier on? We know injuries are going to happen, but there's so many questions right now. I feel like it needs to be discussed more. And right now, going from four to 12 is just a huge jump. I feel like they should have gone to at least six or eight games first because now you have to take into all this account of what does it mean in regards to timing? Are they still going to have it set up to where they're going to play in January? Because then it also takes away from other universities as well. Let's say, for example, that a team makes the college football playoff in 2024 and they also have a very terrific basketball team. You have to realize that there are going to be people who are going to have to understand their priorities, prioritize with that. And if they make it to the championship, where are the players going to be or where are the students going to be? So there's so many things that need to be discussed, but I think that it should have been tested to go from four to six or four to eight before even going from four to 12. Now, going back to how the SEC did, they were 13-1 and one in week one games. That's terrific. I thought that was amazing to see. Now, you have to look at the other teams that are in the South, but they're in the ACC or they might be in other conferences. So looking at this, we kind of want to see what could have been done better. So obviously, there was a lot of questions about NC State and with NC State, you know, they have their struggles for sure. Um, but I think with NC State, them holding on to beat East Carolina by one point doesn't really excite me too, too much. 
I think with this team, we'll just kind of have to continue to see. But looking ahead, really, I think with the SEC and the ACC, we could see a lot of players and a lot of teams stepping up. But really, it still will come down to really the diversity and the understanding of the teams in the SEC. This is all week one. They haven't played anyone in the conference yet. Once you start getting getting interconference interconference games, all that, you know, excitement and nerves, it's going to be a different situation for sure. Now, on the topic of the SEC, I want to break down Georgia. Obviously, Georgia had a very dominant win in regards to playing Oregon in the kickoff game in Atlanta. And obviously, you know, they dominated and there were so many questions about what the team would look like after losing basically all their defense, except for three players, one of them being Nolan Smith. Now, they had a great win, but I still think the question is going to be is, what are my thoughts in regards to Setson Bennett? I'm going to be very critical, and I know that people are going to say that, you know, the criticism is very hard, but I also need to see more. Now, in regards to Sussan Bennett, he had a good game, but it's one game. Yes, it's against Oregon. Yes, it is a you know team that was in the top 25, but it's also that this is a team that's going through so much turnover. This was Dan Lanning's first game as a head coach, and he did not do well. They also have Bo Nix as their quarterback, and Bo Nix even after changing his jersey color and going to another time zone and a new team still wasn't consistent. So I feel like with Stetson Bennett, he has the tools to be a good quarterback. But it's only the first game. He had two touchdowns and he ran for another one. But I'm still critical of it. I feel like with this, his longest throw was 38 yards. Whereas in 2021, his longest throw was 89. I think with Stetson Bennett, I still need to see more. Now, will we see more? Do we know who how he's going to look in the very next week? I mean, we'll just have to see. I feel like with Georgia, though, they have a good quarterback. They also have a good leader, but we also don't know where things are going. Like I said before, the season is unpredictable. With Stetson Bennett, he lost Jermaine Burton. Jermaine Burton is in Tuscaloosa catching passes from the Heisman Trophy winner. How is Stetson Bennett going to look when there are games where they need him to win? That's where I'm looking at it as. He's talented. I understand that. He won a national championship. That's great. But he also needs to know how he can handle this on his own. Yes, he had two touchdowns, but how dominant was their O-line? How dominant was their running attack? You also have to consider, they didn't even utilize their tight end. They didn't even utilize Brock Bowers. When are they going to start utilizing him? Yes, he had a great performance, but I still think that with Stetson Bennett, we still have a lot more to see from him. And I also think that we're just going to need to see how things can go. 
People are saying that he could be a Heisman contender. People are saying that he could be drafted in the NFL. And those are all wonderful things to say. But it's still week one. I think with this, we need to see how he plays, whether it's against Kentucky, whether it's against Auburn, even Florida. Florida had an upset win against Utah. The SEC East is going to be a lot different this year. You have Tennessee too. But right now, I could see that this Georgia team could be really good. But also, we don't know enough yet. And that's what's so important about week one. We have to wait and see and be patient in regards to how every team kind of falls into place and how we all perform. And this leads me to my final point of which team do I think was the most dominant or had the most dominant win in the SEC. And for this, surprisingly, it's actually a tie. I wanted to say that it would be Georgia. I really wanted it because Georgia had a very dominant win. But seeing how Florida came out and a completely new coach came in with an upset for Utah. This was a really talented Utah team. They you know, were in a bowl game last year. They were coming off a very dominant season. And then with Billy Napier... He was able to come in and basically just do something really incredible. I think with Florida, there were a lot of questions going into it. I think when it came to Florida, many people wanted to know what would happen or what people would think because you had Emory Jones leaving. You had Dan Mullen fired. You had so many players transfer out. But I think with this, you have some pretty good excitement to look forward to. Now, it was a 29-26 to 26 win. However, that is still something that's very important to look into. Not only do you have a very new and young team, but this is, I don't want to say a statement win for Billy Napier, but this is a good start to your season. So that's why I think Florida was probably my best performer. Obviously, Georgia had a very dominant win against Oregon. They forced two Bo Nicks interceptions. They were still dominant in the run game. Stetson Bennett had a good game. But I also think that these are going to be the two teams to beat when we see them playing throughout the year. But let me rephrase that. In addition to those two teams, you have Kentucky and Tennessee. Florida plays Kentucky on the 10th. That is going to be a very big game for Billy Napier. And originally, many people would say, well, how is this big? Because it wasn't big a few years ago. Kentucky comes in as the number 20th ranked team in college football. And they're coming into Florida. Once they come in there, it's going to be a very different situation. Now, these games against Kentucky have been very different over the years. So we have a lot to focus on, a lot to consider. Because... In the Kentucky game a few years ago, that was Kyle Trask coming in and being the guy for Florida. They've had some struggles now, but this will make some really good entertainment. Now, in regards to Georgia, having a great dominant first win is wonderful, but they do have a game that you might need to circle, and that's against South Carolina on September 17th. In the past, South Carolina has given Georgia fits. In the years when Mark Rick was the coach and you had Jadavian Clowney, 
you would have a very back and forth few games between Georgia and South Carolina. Obviously, it's very different because now it's Kirby Smart versus Shane Beamer. However, I still think this could be a game that we have to have our eyes on. And then as you look through the rest of their schedule, you have to circle October 29th when Florida and Georgia play. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but we could be in for a good one. Think 2012 against Florida and Georgia when it came down to one or two plays. Aside from that, we have a lot to consider and look forward to. But there you have it for week one. Our most exciting performances come from Georgia and Florida. No Alabama this week, maybe another time, but I am super proud of the Crimson Tide for how they did. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, basically all platforms. You can find us also on Variety Sports. On their pod page, you can find us on our pod page. I'll link that below. You can find us on Linktree. Drop a like, drop a follow, drop a share. Thank you so much for everyone who's done such great things and has been a big part of the show. Thank you so much again to Rebecca for being our first guest ever. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Jake's Take Podcast or my personal Instagram, Jake's So 14. We are now on TikTok at Jake's Take Podcast. I'm going to get some more content out there. Thank you so much for all the love and support. This is going to be a fun time during the college football season. I cannot wait. I hope everyone's excited because we're going to be covering our Southern college teams. And we're also going to be starting to cover our NFL teams. So it's going to be a great time. But as always, thank you so much for all the love, all the support. Continue to be great. Make so many excitement and adventures because the world can be yours. Be a light. Be the best version of you you can be. And as always, thank you so much for all the love and support. And I will see and hear from y'all later. Take care. Find someone who loves you right away. Gotta keep, gotta keep, gotta keep.